Hi, I'm Andre and you're listening to Inside Remote, podcast where we share stories from remote work experts and remote companies who are building new era of distributed work. On this very special episode, we are talking with Andreas Klinger. Andreas is head of remote angelist and a big supporter of remote work. He wrote and spoke many times on how to approach remote work and how we can be productive as a remote company. So this time, our guest will share tips and tricks for companies and individuals who are forced to switch to remote in this crisis with COVID-19. And during these difficult times, please help anyone who's struggling switching remote or share this episode with them. If this is not enough, you can always reach out to me via Twitter or email and we'll try to help any way I can. Stay safe and hope you will enjoy this episode. Hey Andres, welcome to Inside Remote. I'm really happy to have you here on this special episode. Hey, thanks for having me. So in these difficult times we're having of COVID-19 and the whole um, situation nowadays, I figured out it would be great to have uh, you on the show talking about, you know, how to operate your startup under, uh, under lockdown. Like you wrote a really great post about it. And I think it would be a great thing to bring this into the uh, audio version and try to sh- share it as, as many remote leaders as possible or like people who are just switching to remote set up now and try to give them tips and tricks on how to operate without having any experience yes um thanks for having me and also like thanks for doing this i think right now there's a ton of people trying to just keep their company afloat and any way to reach them i think is extremely useful Uh, there might be an economic downturn as a follow-on of this whole thing and i honestly think everybody right now is just like trying to keep afloat and if you just like maybe this is like this little thing that you can contribute to just avoid like like lo- lower the burden for everybody so i'm really happy to be here and thanks for doing this yeah um, yeah i think i think this is important like throughout my community i see like everybody wants to help and yeah it, this is not going to look nice uh, in the next few months um uh, but uh as a community what we can do at least is help like each other out uh as much as possible to uh how to say um ease the pain for everybody mm-hmm. in this whole process. Let's say like most of the world now is already in situation, uh, let's say at least Western Europe or like Europe as a whole and uh, states as well, where people are closing their offices and they need to go work remotely. Like So what is the first step company leader can do in this situation? So first up, big announcement. If you haven't closed your office yet and are still considering it, do it period, even if you live in a region that's completely out of any potential risk. Best case, it's a test run for you. Maybe you don't need it. Hopefully you never need it. But best case, it's a test run. You do it for one week. And after one week, you can just decide if it's overblown or not. And just like, please, like if you take anything away from this whole podcast, it should be this one, close your office. And now let's get into how to do this. So my biggest advice is, uh, people will realize their internet connection is horrible. Um, even mine is now horrible because my whole house is now working from home and I didn't expect, like the whole setup isn't meant for that. Uh, mm-hmm. So get your team to upgrade their internet connection if they can. It's worth it um, because what you want to do right now is you want to plan as if this would go on for, let's say, three months. Hopefully it will be less. Um, and I hope we just like completely overreact now. But as a company leader, you need to just say, screw this. We plan as if this is three months because we don't want to go into the risk for the livelihood and the income of our employees. And we want to keep this company like be successful. So plan as if this is three months, uh, which means, as I said, upgrade the internet connection. 
have a dedicated workspace at home. So mm-hmm. ideally, that should be a separate room with a separate door and clear guidelines for the rest of the household, like when to interrupt and not. If multiple mm-hmm. people work in that home or if the home is like in New York or London, it's hard to have a separate room. I know that, you know, so maybe try to just every morning um, redecorate the kitchen table to be the work table for the day. And but like do this and it's worth, tr- please trust me, it's worth the effort. The most important thing is to have a dedicated space where you can work from because this on the long run, this will also create a dedicated space where you do not work. So basically the rest of the flat will become your area where you can relax. And a big part of this where we're currently in, it's not about remote work. It's about being in a completely forced self-isolation setup where people are scared, people are not prepared for this, and people will overcompensate a lot and will be worrying a lot. And right now, this is not about remote work. Right now, this is about, I would say, forced work from home. So it's really, really important, in my opinion, that you have a clear separation between space you work from and space you have at home where you relax. And this space where you relax will be your refuge in the long run. And uh, it's just important to have this clear distinction. So like the, the, the second takeaway I want you to have from this call is have a dedicated space and set it up as if you will work for three months from there. Feel free to buy new furniture, new chair or anything if it's needed but like set it up proper and make yourself succeed. I think that's a great advice. Regarding the routines, like do you, do you have any uh, advice on, on a routine, like for somebody who haven't worked before remotely? Yeah. So again, this is more about this whole quarantine. Um, I, I really mm-hmm. struggle pronouncing it, but basically our whole self-isolation. And like most of the advice I will say today has much more to do with that than with the actual aspect of remote work. So let's start with the basics. Get up in the morning at the same time. Shower. And I personally would recommend leaving the house for a quick walk around the block just to clear your head. It's, this is not a medical advice, so please stay safe and like consult with experts who are not like some random people on a podcast. But from my understanding, it's still safe to go outside and as, as long as you are keeping just like your hygiene in check and you're washing your hands directly afterwards. You don't touch your face. So what I do every morning is I walk around the block just to get my head clean and uh, like to get my head clear um, and just be in the focus for work. And it's also like for many people, it replaces like this commute to the office. And I think that's super important. Uh, this is a routine I highly recommend. The other one I highly recommend is having a clear, um, almost like routine around uh, dinner time uh, especially if you live with somebody else together so that you have a common understanding at what time you prepare dinner that you uh, eat together maybe you go out together in the evening for a walk Um, these little things help a lot in my opinion because the the, the number one thing you want to avoid is just getting this going back into your college days and just basically staying in bed and just like working from bed maybe maybe this looks like fun for like half a day but like starting day two it will like lead to a lot of like let's say you will just be not very happy about it in the long run i did this more than once and trust me it's (laughs) leading to mental health problems like just don't do it i think also a routine is undervalued like just try to keep it in the same way as you would going to the office so for example you don't Mm -hmm. don't change it too much and once you master it from home then you can start tweaking stuff one recommendation i also have is if you have kids who need to like who are already in school um 
So what friends of mine do is they are neighbors. So they create like these little learning groups. And uh, there's even like online documentation how to do that. Like one of them is, for example, on a website called Microschooled. Um, let me, so it's like microschooled.com, like basically like the microschool with ED in the end, microschool.com. Uh, and it's just about a process how you can facilitate learning at home. Um, most likely your teachers will try to, like their teachers will anyway try to keep a practice up and like a plan, you know, so hopefully you sure. can follow that. If not, then this might be a good solution or might be a good solution additionally. And another thing that friends of mine do because they cannot have these little learning groups is that they tell their kids to call each other when they do homework. And I think that's a really smart way because this is like also not, like, this is staying at home all day is more annoying to kids than for lazy adults like me, you know? So uh, I think it's good. I think this is a very good idea as well. I definitely agree. So going from there on, like, and talking about um, what are the other things uh, you could do? So like writing like calls, meetings, do you have any tips on, on that end? So one big uh, important angle here is in general meetings, I would say. So uh, good meetings, a good remote teams succeed or fail if they have productive meetings, um, which in general is true for any kind of companies, but you, you feel it with a remote team. So what I personally recommend is have a video on uh, just because it's like better to everybody, you know, and learn to run efficient meetings. And it's actually not rocket science. I'm pretty sure most of your listeners already do that. Uh, have a clear lead, like who is leading this meeting, ideally somebody who needs this meeting. What are the outcomes that this person wants or needs? Um, make sure that you just, uh, write down, you don't need to write down the whole meeting. Like nobody reads a 40 minutes, 30 minutes transcript of a meeting, doesn't, doesn't matter. But what you can do is you or should do is you write down the decisions and the action items, so like the to-dos, you know, uh, write those down and put them in the cent same, same central place where you put all your documents um, or worst case, just post them in Slack. The, the reason why you want to do that is not just for accountability with, among each other, which is, of course, important. It's also for anybody who's not joining that meeting to know that they don't need to join that meeting, that they know what's going on, that they stay still in the loop. And especially if you switch from like office where you kind of casually just like ping somebody about anything or hear something or like just join a meeting on spontaneously in a remote setup, this is less likely to happen. So it will be very stressful if you have, I would say, um, knowledge transfer a little bit more implicit in your office not normally happening. Um, it will be very stressful in a remote setup. So have those decisions and to-dos written down, post them afterwards in your group chat or post them uh, in your documents uh, base and make sure everybody has access to them so that don't, don't feel stressed about joining those meetings. Definitely, that's, that's a great advice. Um, and because like on, on meetings, we can lose like so much time having people who are not really needed there. And just by having a takeaway like in five bullet points that, that can already like save somebody like an hour or 30 minutes of time. A good way to think about this is the, the job of a meeting is to get decisions made and not to talk about something. Because if you just want to synchronize everybody about something, you can write a document and get everybody to read that. A job of a meeting in almost all cases, let's say in four out of five cases, is to get some decision or some progress made. And this progress and decision you want to write down and share with everybody. Yeah, I would definitely double down on that. Like from from my perspective, when I change to this uh, setup, you you can feel like meetings are shorter, like fifty to seventy percent of the time. Where yes. if you prepare agenda ahead, like inform everybody, so it's just like about 
uh, choosing between A, B, C, D instead of talking about everything and getting people to do this whole mental processing on the meeting and figuring out what to do then. So mm-hmm. it definitely speeds things up. Going a little bit back, like you mentioned, um, video meetings. So uh, like have a video on policy. Mm-hmm. Like, can you a little bit more uh, like uh, explain on why video on is uh, is good? I think it's just because we are humans. I think that's the shortest answer. Um, it's it's super exhausting, for example, for people who are not tr- used to remote to deal with a Slack chat where everybody feels disengaged. And it's very easy to have the feeling that everybody is disengaged if they have no video and no audio. You don't even know if they look at the screen, you know nothing, right? So especially for peop- uh, teams who are not used to remote work, I highly recommend video on. I know it's a little bit weird for people who are not used to video calling that much. But on the other hand, it's almost like you go to work. Like if you go to work, you are expected to like look at other people, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so see it in the same way. And this is like going back to have a dedicated workplace because you don't want like to sit in them like in your kitchen while like 500 people behind you like do craziness, you know? Mm-hmm. You want to have a dedicated workplace where you can focus and concentrate. Um, and just in general, like if you feel uncomfortable about video sharing think of it more as something that you do for others who are also right now a little bit uncomfortable who are like a little bit like locked in at home you might be lucky and have like a flatmate or like a spouse or kids others might be completely locked in at at home alone you know so for them seeing a few other faces a day might make a huge difference so at least do it for them in my opinion Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. Yeah, I, you also mentioned Slack, like and uh, chat uh, chat channels. Like, how do you have any tips? Like, what's the difference? Like, or what to keep and what to what to try to go away from? Like, so one thing that a lot of remote teams actually do is that they have their uh, HR team or like their people ops um, closing channels that are mm-hmm. not used that much. And you can always reopen a channel if it's needed, right? It's not like deleted or something. It's just closed. Um, and the reason is you don't want to give people the feeling that they are not in the loop. Ideally, you have very few channels and uh, you need as many channels as you need to keep the discussions public. Uh, so usually a good practice is to have everything in, in, in a few channels. And when you notice that there is a consistent discussion around one specific thing, isolate this into a specific channel like around a project or something you know so that's something i would highly recommend oh that's great going further down like we said like you know it's it's very hard for uh for managers who haven't uh, managed teams remotely before like one of the biggest issues is like first uh measuring whether somebody like really works or not you can track time or like track screens or whatever the the softwares are out there but uh, uh we both, I think, agree this is not the perfect uh, or like ideal thing to do. Yeah. And the second is like how to give trust uh, to people that they're actually going to work, you know, like and uh, contribute in this uh, times. Yeah, um, in in reality, this is a more fundamental problem than you have that you have. It's not not too much to do with remote work in offices. You try to compensate by just checking the screens of people. You mm-hmm. know what are they currently doing? But in reality, it doesn't tell you much. It just tells you how good people are in pretending to work. Um, and everybody, anybody who scrolled on Facebook during being in the office knows what I'm talking about. So this has nothing to do with remote work itself. It's just in remote work, you don't have these little cheat codes you can do to trick yourself almost, like where you can just like lie to yourself. Ah, I just double-checked and 
Pete is looking at Excel sheets. So I guess he's working, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that's more about you than about the employee. So in reality, that, that's like, how do you manage knowledge workers? And that's just a hard problem by itself. The, the answer that I came up with is have very, very clear expectations, which means what do we need at what point and how do we expect that to be done? And then value on like around the fact that this has been done if they actually do their work. So measure the output, not the time that's put in. I think so as well. So like basically maybe even going uh, like on a meeting or like just trying to to talk with your team and just like communicate the the expectations of what needs to be done this week or uh, what features we're going to push out or mm -hmm. whatever needs to be done. And then just try to evaluate that at the end of the week or in the beginning of the next week, just to figure out what went through, what didn't. Yes. One thing I would recommend to teams that have now to switch to remote work instantly is have a daily check-in with everybody Mm -hmm. uh, if, in, in small teams um, and this is something where you have to experiment and iterate but like I would start with having a video call every morning at like a, a, a friendly enough time mm -hmm. where within in individual teams people just say what they're going to do this day what they did yesterday and what problems they are facing uh, past progress and problems uh, the thing here is it might you might realize that people don't pay attention and just tune out completely. Um, if you notice that this doesn't create enough value, then consider switching that to a daily text update. Uh, at some point, you might switch this even to a weekly text update. But I would start with a daily video one just to give people also like a little bit of a sense of a routine in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and then take it from there. This is how I would personally approach this right now. This might be a good starter for people and then evolve from there on if needed. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, just try to, as mentioned before, like emulate the, the in-office environment, go from there on. My thinking is the next three weeks, focus on have getting people that your team is like comfortable, has a routine and can again focus on being their actual work, you know, and being productive again and then iterate from mm -hmm. there on. Like don't try to completely become the perfect remote team in the first two or three weeks. Like right now in this current setup where you are, this is a waste of your energy and will just stress people even more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, definitely. And talking about like the, the potential drawbacks which might happen in the next uh, few weeks, what do you think would be like the, the biggest issues which might happen for the, for the teams or you? Mm -hmm. you saw from the teams you spoke with uh, switching to remote, what were the the first drawbacks or like issues yeah. the teams had? So again, I would start with the stuff that's COVID related. So they might have parents or relatives that are old or just like not healthy. And that's, mm -hmm. people are worried about them. And these might not even be in the same country. You might be right now in a city or in a country that's on a lockdown and your parents might be on a different continent. That's stressful, yeah. you know? So in that case, I would recommend switching your one-on-ones more to the people side uh, because you can still do your project updates in the project meetings and use the one-on-one -on -one time to just understand what this crisis could mean for them. That's kind of the, the number one. Number two here is um, the people will overcompensate and feel very nervous. And you will notice that a lot of people where you didn't think that there would be a good candidate for that will actually open up to you and say like, hey, I'm, I'm super stressed when I go outside. 
I'm super like nervous about going outside and all this kind of stuff. Try to have an educated opinion about that and encourage them to uh, go outside. If they have a garden, that's perfect. If they can otherwise just walk around the block, that's also fine as long as they're careful with everything. Um, mm -hmm. The good thing about this virus is that we have a good enough understanding how it spreads and we are all very careful. And uh, the one thing you want to be careful with right now is additionally to all of that is people staying at home alone will lead to people being lonely. And we are all very social beings. We are not made for being completely alone all the time. So what I would highly recommend is double down on that and watch out for that. Things that you can do is having casual video calls about with no agenda. You can try to, what I would try to do is uh, crowdsource ideas from your team. Have the team suggest little or weird ideas. So you can have uh, calls where everybody shows their hobby, everybody shows their pet. You can have calls where people just cook and other people join in. Completely pointless, but fun. You can have photo channels where people just share their lunch and their uh, whatever they currently cook. You, have, you can have uh, happy hour calls where everybody calls in with a beer and just discusses the day. You can have calls where people play games and everybody else watches the game. You can try anything right now. Um, keep in mind that a lot of people have eight hours a day of social interaction, usually in your office, and now don't. So eight hours a day of social interaction is gone. Is there things that you can do to just like ease the burden a bit? The other thing that I would highly recommend is get them to make sure that they call their families regularly. I think they will do this already, you know, I'm pretty sure. But just make sure that, uh, that they have the same ideas with like no agenda calls with friends and family as well uh, to replicate the other eight hours a day that people usually have of social interaction. These are some great advices you mentioned. Yeah, definitely just try to have in mind to try to socialize in any way. And for leaders, if if you think, you know, like that this means that somebody's going to spend 30 minutes talking with somebody else about a random thing or like 15 minutes a day, just like remember, now we're going to have somebody who's going to stay eight hours behind their computer. They're going to be more productive with less interruptions. So this means they're going to be working a lot. Mm -hmm. And just by adding this few minutes uh, a day, uh, it will definitely help their well-being on the long run and your team as well. So it's a plus-plus situation for everybody, I think. Uh, two things I would still recommend is uh, considering setting up a budget if the company is able to do that so that people can buy a little equipment at home or just like, I don't know, buy a new chair or something, you know. Uh, if it's possible to do this as a company, if you can do this in your accounting system and so on and so on. And the second one is running remote is organizing an event called uh, Remote 8, where they get a on a April 20, where they get a lot of speakers together to just like discuss, okay, we have now an emergency work from home setup kind of working. How can we make this more productive? You know, um, so yeah, these two things I would mention. So Andre, it's like regarding the tools, like do you, do you recommend any like specific tools uh, for companies to uh, to work with or like try to start working remotely with? Yes. So if your technical team, like if your team has some sort of a technical sophistication, you most likely already use Slack and Zoom. So this is like the basics that I, sure. I highly recommend. If your team is not that technical or you're trying to help friends of yours who are like a small, medium-sized business who are just not that nerdy as we are, uh, 
recommend maybe virtual office setups, which, for example, uh, a company called SoCoCo, written S-O-C-O-C-O. What they basically mm -hmm. do is it's literally, it looks like a little game where you have your office and you can walk around and you can talk to each other and you can have video calls and you have chat and it's basically Slack and Zoom combined for a small team. Um, this might be something really useful to friends of yours who are currently switching to remote and are just not the kind of person that usually would do that. So that's a company I would recommend. If you're currently planning to large, uh, uh, larger events or you plan to do larger events, uh, there's a company called Hopin, hopin.to, mm -hmm. which is basically facilitating online events. Uh, they might be useful if you were planning to organize an event in summer and you're not sure if you can pull this off because of the current scenario we're in. Um, another company I would recommend is if you are doing um, online brainstorming and you are trying to get like a more complex discussion in mind, and usually you would go to a whiteboard, but online you don't have a whiteboard, what do you do? There's two companies I would recommend you to look at. One is called Mural, which is written M-U-R-A-L.co, and another one is called Miro, which is called, written M-I-R-O.com. These two companies mm -hmm. basically provide in a nutshell, online whiteboards. And the nice thing what you can do is everybody works on their own post-its and then you put the post-its on the wall, you know, together. And you can do this in a Zoom call together, like you share your screen on one screen, you have a Zoom call and everybody works on their own screen. And you have like this kind of collaborative experience. I think this is something I would highly recommend. Uh, another company yeah. I would recommend is if you struggle with uh, paying attention or just like being focused while work, um, consider uh, calling a friend of yours and just say, hey, uh, what are you going to work on the next hour? I work on that, you work on that. Okay, cool, let's both work and like check in in half an hour where we're at, you know, so that you kind of have this peer body to be forced to focus. If you feel more comfortable doing this, not with like, um, uh, like a coworker or a friend, you know, there's also a website where there's like an online community where you can just have that with a person who works on something similar. It's called focusmate.com. Mm -hmm. That's written F-O-C-U-S-M-A-T-E.com, focusmate.com. And it's basically an online community for people who try to just peer pressure each other into staying focused. can highly recommend that one. There's obviously a lot of other companies for uh, tools that help you with all kinds of situations. These are the ones I would personally recommend for most teams right now. Yeah, that's great. And I will also mention, like, if you cannot afford Zoom, uh, I'm not sure. I, I think they also drop some limits nowadays. So mm -hmm. you can try Zoom for sure. But if not, uh, maybe just try it for the start with Hangouts. Yes, or like absolutely. For now. There's yeah. one more company that came to mind is if you currently don't have a place where you put all your documents or you struggle keeping them in Google Docs because it's holy damn, I never find anything in Google Docs, right? Uh, a company I would recommend is called Notion, uh, written N-O-T-I-O-N dot S-O, Notion dot S-O. Uh, what they basically do is it's a very, very simple wiki, I would call it, you know, like a very simple page where you have all your documents, all your knowledge. And the nice thing about this, you can work really nicely uh, collaborative around it and it's super flexible. So that's something I would also consider um, for companies that need like a central place to communicate stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is something like going further down the road. It should be definitely something which you can experiment with. Like I usually use it for my personal CRM, but mm -hmm. I've heard like many good things about using it as a, a main hub for 
all documentation. Yes, it's super nice to structure your thoughts and processes around everything. One positive takeaway, like, like we always focus on the negative in this kind of crisis, but we can also like try to focus on positive things, you know. Um, and I know we don't, it's not a situation we want to be in, but like what can we get out of this situation? Um, one thing might be we in future have a team set up where it's easy for us to hire amazing people who are not in the same city. And that's great, right? We All of a sudden we have a huge talent pool of people we can hire because we... If we wanted or not, we had to adapt our processes to work without being in the same office. And that might, in future, enable us to hire really, really great people and completely change our company. Another thing how to think about this also is if you need to write down a lot, if you need to write down your processes, you might be better in handing over processes. You might be, like, if you write down what needs to be done for A, B, and C, it's easier for the next person to do A, B, and C. You don't need to explain it to them. You just show this this page. Maybe you, because of that, you are able to uh, streamline your internal processes. Maybe you are able to just optimize how you are operating as a company. And again, if you are helping right now somebody who is not that technical, maybe that's one of the things that they can focus on uh, because they know how the company works and now get them to like write stuff down instead of like constantly trying to explain it to somebody they're currently getting temporary and just like hand them a document. And maybe that helps these friends of yours to bring their company to the next level and uh, come out of this even stronger than before, hopefully. Yeah, I, I think you made a great summary like of what, what are really like the benefits being forced to work remotely. You, thanks again, Andreas, for joining on this uh a uh, special episode uh, of uh, Inside Remote. Uh, where can people reach you? Easiest is Twitter. First name, last name on Twitter, Andreas Klinger. Um, one last thing that I would tell you uh, is right now you drop for the next two weeks and I'm pretty sure most of your audience is super experienced with remote. And, but like they might help somebody else, like a friend of theirs or like a relative who needs to get their company online who is not that experienced. But like, Right now, your job there is not to become a perfect remote team there, but like to get it from like, shit, what do we do? To, okay, we can operate. And after that, like let's say two or three weeks from now, your goal will be to help them, now that they have stuff again under control, to be more productive and actually start seeing what best practices they can take from established remote teams. And there's a conference, like a one-day event, which is called Remote 8 2020 by Running Remote. The domain for that is runningremote.com. Uh, it's completely free, completely free for anybody to join. And uh, it has a lot of like the leaders of like all the remote teams in the world. And the goal here is just to tell people, okay, you managed to kind of keep your company afloat. How can we help you to make your company succeed in that time? Highly recommend joining this event. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a great event. And there is like many... Remote leaders, as you mentioned, like from from you to Amir from Duas to uh, David Hansen from Basecamp, and mm-hmm. so many other other ones, which which are leading teams with like hundred, even thousands of people remote. Yes. So just like literally, there will be covered like for all aspects, like or for all sizes of companies and issues. So yeah, yes. you should definitely join. Thanks for listening to this special COVID nineteen episode and these difficult times when companies or individuals are forced to work remote and they struggle with it please do share this episode with them 
or share with companies, with leaders, and anyone who has any issues, please reach out to me. I'm happy to help in any way I can. And please stay safe. And we all hope that this is going to be over soon. Thank you.